booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. High stakes meetings among European Union and NATO members is about to take place in Belgium as world leaders discuss Russia's war on Ukraine. New and tightening sanctions are expected. As world leaders meet in Brussels, world leaders will address escalating threats from Russia against the West. Former vice presidential candidate and Alaska governor, formerly Sarah Palin, has hinted she may be stepping back into politics. It's day three of confirmation hearings for U.S. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson. Yesterday, she defended attacks on her record. The mass mandate for New York City public school students under the age of five, it's being lifted. Here's your top five at five. New and a tightening set of sanctions looming against Russia. President Biden will attend a meeting in Brussels, Belgium, with G7, NATO, and European Union leaders this week. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan told reporters the president's meeting will bring new sanctions and a tightening of enforcement of existing economic restrictions on Russia due to its invasion of Ukraine. He will have the opportunity to coordinate on the next phase of military assistance to Ukraine. He will join our partners in imposing further sanctions on Russia and tightening the existing sanctions to crack down on evasion and to ensure robust enforcement. He declined to give further details, adding we will have more to say on sanctions in the coming days. Sullivan also noted he believes the worst is yet to come in Ukraine for Ukrainian troops on the front lines and civilians under Russian bombardment. The meeting of European and NATO members this week seeks to tighten relations among Western allies. The Western alliance is faced with the growing threat of Russian aggression. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is approaching the one-month mark with no sign of letting up. More on the high-stakes meeting from National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. For the past few months, the West has been united. The president is traveling to Europe to ensure we stay united to cement our collective resolve, to send a powerful message that we are prepared and committed to this for as long as it takes. President Biden is expected to land in Brussels tonight. He will attend the high-stakes meetings in Belgium Thursday and head to Poland Friday. Ukrainian leaders are imploring Western nations for additional assistance. To date, EU and NATO allies have voiced caution over escalating the Ukraine crisis into World War III. Well, could former vice presidential candidate and former Alaska governor Sarah Palin be making a political comeback? Palin told Newsmax on Tuesday that she would be humbled and honored to serve in the House of Representatives. Here's Palin on Newsmax. Oh, my goodness. Think of those huge shoes that are to be filled uh, when we consider Don Young's um, longevity and uh, his passion, his love, his fighting spirit for our wonderful state of Alaska and for the nation as a whole. Um, if I were asked to serve in in the House um, and take his place, I would be humbled and honored, and I would. Alaska's sole seat in the House became vacant on Friday when longtime Congressman Don Young suddenly died at the age of 88. 
Two candidates, Democratic Assemblyman Christopher Constant and Republican Nick the third, have already announced their candidacies. The seat will remain vacant until a special election is held within 60 to 90 days. Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson opened the second day of her confirmation hearing Tuesday with a forceful defense of her record. The pushback included her defense of her record on child pornography offenders. Could you tell us what was going through your mind at that point? Thank you, Senator. Um, As a mother and a judge who has had to deal with these cases, I was thinking that nothing could be further from the truth. And Senator Josh Hawley attacked Jackson's sentencing record related to child pornography cases, painting her as sympathetic to defenders. Jackson said that as a sentencing judge, she puts great weight on her decisions. Today's the third day of confirmation hearings expected to get underway at 9 a.m. A New York City mayor, Eric Adams, is doing away with the mask mandate for children four years old and younger in New York City's public schools. It follows weeks of pressure to do away with the controversial rule. Adams announced the mandate will be removed starting April 4th. If the numbers continue to show a low level of risk, let me say that again. If the numbers continue to show a low level of risk, masks will be optional for two to four years old students in schools and in daycare. Adams kept the mask mandate in place for New York City public school children under the age of five because they are not yet eligible for COVID-19 vaccines. The K-12 through mandate was lifted earlier in March. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A 30% chance of rain after 3 p.m. today. Increasing clouds throughout the day are high, 47. Overnight, rain mainly after 7 p.m. with temperatures rising to 48 degrees by 5 a.m. For tomorrow, rain the high near 54. Right now, 42 degrees under mostly clear skies here in Manhattan. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, a forthcoming book claims that Vice President Kamala Harris privately vented that President Joe Biden made it hard for her to champion for voting rights and her portfolio of other issues. Harris reportedly vented President Biden refused to call for reforming the Senate filibuster. Here's Harris on the filibuster rules back in January. Senate Republicans have exploited arcane rules to block these bills. New York Times reporters Jonathan Martin and Alexander Burns detail Harris's frustrations in this will not pass Trump, Biden and the battle for America's future. The book's release is planned for May. Well, a woke DA's office out in St. Louis refused to file charges against an armed robbery suspect who allegedly tried to steal a marked police vehicle and also allegedly pointed a gun at officers. Police wanted to charge the 27-year-old suspect with first-degree robbery, armed criminal actions, and resisting arrest. The attorney's office did not provide a reason why they declined to charge the suspect. The office is headed by St. Louis attorney Kim Gardner. 
She was elected on a woke platform to not prosecute many misdemeanors and felonies. Ukraine's defense ministry announced that Ukrainian troops have taken back Makarov outside of the capital city of Kiev. Russian troops have not advanced in other areas of Ukraine. Here's Ukraine's minister of energy, German Galyushenko on CNN. Well, that is an official information that the Ukrainian forces retaking this town and now it's under control of, of uh, our army. And I believe that uh, today and tomorrow and the nearest future, uh, another, another cities would be under control of our army. As Russian troops have struggled to take control of large Ukrainian cities, Russian forces have reportedly resorted to firing of missiles. More than 1,000 missiles have been launched since the start of the nearly four-week-old conflict. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said that there is clear evidence that the Russian military is conducting war crimes in its invasion of Ukraine. Kirby's comments come after President Joe Biden condemned Russia for committing war crimes. Kirby told Fox News. Russia is the aggressor here. Uh, and I think we have seen here at the Pentagon, we certainly see clear evidence that the Russian military is conducting war crimes. Uh, we think it's important for the investigative process to continue. We're going to contribute to that. Uh, but obviously, relations with Russia are, are not at a, at a premium, nor should they be, given the unprovoked uh, and illegal aggression that Russia has, pu- has put on the people of Ukraine. The United Nations Human Rights Office reports that over 2,500 civilian casualties since the invasion on February 24th. However, it believes the actual figures are considerably higher. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny has been sentenced to nine years in a strict regime penal colony on fraud and contempt of court charges. Navalny insists the charges are bogus. Navalny's spokesperson, Kerry Yarmish, told Reuters the sentence was not unexpected. Well, this is uh, not a surprise that uh, Putin would like to keep Alexei in prison for as long as he is in power. We are completely sure that this is his direct order to uh, imprison Alexei. Prosecutors accused him of stealing $4.7 million in donations given to his now banned organizations. Navalny was detained when he returned to Russia last year after surviving a poisoning that he blamed on the Kremlin. He is already serving three and a half years in jail for breaking bail conditions while hospitalized. As evacuations got underway in the southern Ukraine city of Mariupol, Russian forces hit the port city with two powerful bombs. Ukrainian officials say Mariupol has been devastated. Here's State Department spokesperson Ned Price. Satellite images show whole areas of Mariupol in ruins with smoke surrounding the city, which was peaceful and vibrant just a month ago. Although information coming out of the city is limited, reports that are getting through paint a very grim picture. The latest strikes came as U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres called for an end to what he called an absurd war. Guterres also said that the conflict is going nowhere fast and that the Ukrainian people are enduring a living hell. A pro-Kremlin Russian tabloid published Sunday said that nearly 10,000 Russian soldiers have died while fighting in Ukraine. 
The information was quickly deleted, though, as tight state controls remain on information available to the Russian public about the war. Russian Defense Ministry officials quickly disputed the number of casualties, as reported by the, their Ukrainian counterparts. Preliminary estimates from the general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine puts the number of Russian soldiers killed at 15,000, in addition to 96 Russian aircraft lost and 118 Russian helicopters also lost. Again, I'm Deb Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. 77 WABC Time Check coming up on 514. And let's head over to the sports desk with Justin Ellick for a look at sports. Good morning, Justin. Good morning, Deb. Thank you very much. I am Justin Ellick here with your early news sports update. The Knicks dropped a close one at home yesterday to the Atlanta Hawks. Infamous Nick Killer Trey Young made his return to MSG and was welcomed with a tidal wave of boos from the New York faithful. Young only used the boos to fuel his fire, though, as he'd go on to drop in 45 points for the Hawks and route to Atlanta's 117-111 to win over the Knickerbockers. R.J. Barrett once again led the Knicks in scoring with 30 points on 9 of 25 from the field. Quick turnaround for the Orange and Blue as they'll be in Charlotte tonight, taking on the Hornets at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Look out for the Nets as well tonight as they'll tip off in Memphis shortly thereafter at 7.30. A couple of ice hockey games to get into, get get to in addition, excuse me, as the Rangers and Devils indulged in a high-scoring contest last night in Newark. Jack Hughes buried two biscuits on the night as a, as a five-goal second frame from the Devs allowed New Jersey to pull away despite a punch back from the Blue Shirts in the third period. 7-4 is your final score from the Rock as the Devils get set to lace them right back up tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern in Toronto against the Maple Leafs. As for the Islanders, they went for a skate last night as well, putting away the Ottawa Senators at home by a score of 3 to nothing. Scoreless through 2, the Isles woke up in the 3rd and were able to find a chink in goaltender Anton Forsberg's armor. They'll try and stay hot tomorrow night when they're set to welcome the Detroit Red, Red Wings to Elmont. Rare news dropping yesterday out of the tennis world as women's world number 1 Ash Barty surprisingly retired from the game at the ripe old age of only 25. The Australian makes the announcement less than two months after winning the Australian Open to secure her third Grand Slam singles title. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. Thanks, Justin. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. A 30% chance of rain today, mainly mid-afternoon or later increase in clouds today. Our high is 47 Overnight rain mainly after 7 p.m. with temperatures actually rising overnight to 48 by 5 a.m. tomorrow morning and rain tomorrow with a high near 54. Right now, 42 degrees under mostly clear skies in Manhattan. Here's Frank Diaz with your business report. I'm Frank Diaz with your business report. The stocks ended higher Tuesday, led by a sharp gain in the Nasdaq as technology and shares of other big names rebounded from recent losses. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones gained 254 points to close at 34,807. The S&P 500 gained 50 points to 4,511. The Nasdaq gained 270 points to 14,108. European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde says Russian individuals and corporations are trying to bypass international sanctions by converting their rubles into cryptocurrencies. She says the volume of rubles being converted into cryptocurrencies is currently at its highest level since May of 2021. 
Some American senators have voiced similar concerns, but current and former officials familiar with the U.S. Treasury's sanctions programs say that cryptocurrency markets aren't big enough to be used for large-scale sanctions circumvention. Well, recent data shows that domestic airline prices have spiked a whopping 36% this year amid an increase in demand and skyrocketing fuel prices. Round-trip flights within the United States currently cost around $300 on average, making for a 36% spike from the beginning of this year. Current costs for a round-trip flight within the United States are roughly equal to 2019 figures. Well, even though only a small percent of the company workers participated in a walkout, organizers felt they had won a moral victory with the company issuing a statement denouncing the anti-LGBTQ legislation that sparked employee outrage. Throughout Tuesday, pockets of employees staged demonstrations at various sites across the country, including near Orlando's Walt Disney World and Walt Disney Animation Studios in California. LGBTQ advocates and Disney called for the walkout in protest of CEO Bob Chapek's slow response in publicly criticizing Florida legislation that opponents dubbed the, quote, don't say gay bill. I'm Frank Diaz with your business report on 77 WABC. The WABC Early News. And good morning. I'm Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Continuing with your early news now, a nine-year-old girl from Miami who was visiting the Big Apple with her mother was sucker punched in the head Monday while walking near Central Park. Neil Johnson was at his job as a doorman at the Plaza Hotel Monday when he heard the suspect yelling and he ran over to help. Johnson told the New York Post. And I saw this big guy walking fast toward a family with a baby in a carriage and a little girl holding her head. She was crying. The woman was screaming. So I I knew something was wrong. So I got in between this guy and the family and uh, just started yelling at him. Don't come another step. The girl was then taken to a hospital. Police managed to apprehend the suspect, 27-year-old Rahim Ram Saran of nearby. That happened about 15 minutes after the initial attack. He was held overnight. The Legal Aid Society Monday filed a federal lawsuit against the NYPD. The suit accused the department of collecting genetic material from thousands of New Yorkers and storing it indefinitely in a rogue DNA database. Here's Lisa Freeman of the Legal Aid Society on CBS2. It's essentially a rogue database that they have unilaterally set up and that they have set up their own criteria for who and when they remove someone from it. Police spokesperson Sergeant Ed Riley disputed the allegations. A spokesperson for the city's law department said it will review the lawsuit. According to the lawsuit, police routinely collect DNA by offering detainees things like a beverage, a cigarette, or chewing gum. New York City's Department of Education is determined to attract families to the city's public school system. Schools Chancellor David Banks addressed the city council's education committee Monday on the proposed budget. It includes student enrollment predictions and trends. It's never pretty. It's never easy. Certainly not something that I was looking forward to having to deal with. But it's my reality, and I've got to figure it out. And the goal is to you know, to negotiate with you and, and figure out how we can emerge from this, um, you know, under the best circumstance that we possibly can. According to the department, 120,000 students and families have left city schools over the last five years. 
The decline in enrollment includes the most sought-after school districts, such as Greenwich Village and Park Slope. Exploding propane tanks at a Pepsi bottling facility erupted into an inferno in Piscataway, New Jersey, last night. Two firefighters were injured. The blaze went to five alarms. It erupted about 6.30 last night. Here's Piscataway, New Jersey, Mayor Brian Waller. When you're arriving on scene, you saw a fully involved fire. You're saying, all right, what's going on here? Once they determined that there was nothing that was going to put the fire volunteers in harm's way, they repositioned the four uh, ladder towers that are pouring water on right now, and they're going to continue pouring, pouring water through the night on this structure. And as the mayor heard, uh, you heard there say, crews remained on scene overnight dousing hotspots. It's not yet clear just what sparked the, that whole big five-alarm fire. One firefighter suffered a shoulder injury and the other suffered smoke inhalation. With anti-Asian attacks spiraling in New York City, hundreds of Asians turned out for free pepper spray giveaways over the past two weekends. Interest in the event even surprised organizers. The Asian community has been witnessing a rise over the course of the pandemic, but that coupled along with some of these recent high-profile incidents um, of Asian American women, um, you know, Michelle Goh being pushed on the subway, Christina Yuna Lee in her apartment, and then even the woman in Yonkers um, that was punched, you know, uh, more than 100 times, that's just really made people fearful. The NYPD hate crimes dashboard indicates that there were 131 reported hate crimes against Asians with 58 arrests last year. Seven anti-Asian hate crimes have been reported in New York City through February 20th of this year. Manhattan's district attorney Alvin Bragg's office failed to request a warrant to confiscate a gun used in an armed robbery by a serial offender. The suspect then allegedly fatally shot a man with that same weapon a month later. According to the New York Post, 29-year-old Tyrell Rogers allegedly killed a man with that revolver on March 8th. Rogers had 23 prior arrests. He was charged with murder in the second degree, attempted murder in the second degree, and criminal possession of a weapon in the March 8th killing. Court records also show Rogers allegedly pointed the silver revolver at his estranged girlfriend and stole her cell phone while threatening to kill her back on February 8th. A report published Tuesday by the Coalition for the Homeless says the number of homeless people sleeping on New York City streets and subways is actually higher than New York City officials estimate. The city's official count last winter estimated New York's homeless population at 2,376. During the height of COVID, a 12-month overnight closure of the subway system resulted in over 9,200 homeless people being removed from the subway system. The report shows homeless deaths in the city jumped to 640 from 613 in 2020. And that's more than triple the 170 homeless homeless deaths reported back in 2012. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Today we have a 30% chance of rain, mainly after 3 p.m. Increase in clouds, the highs near 47. Rain overnight, mainly after 7 p.m., with temperatures actually rising overnight to 48 by 5 a.m., Rain on Thursday, the high near 54. 
Right now, 42 degrees under mostly clear skies here in Manhattan. 77 WABC time check, 528. On Tuesday, Los Angeles became the first major city in the United States to reach an average gas price of $6 or more per gallon. That's according to the platform GasBuddy.com. The site finds that the national average for a gallon of gas beginning to decline from its peak of $4.35 per gallon. That was back on March 10th. However, gas prices have continued to soar out in California. Gas has risen steadily in the past few weeks due to rebounding oil prices amid the ongoing Russia-Ukraine war. Also, recent refinery issues in Southern California amid a rise in seasonal demand is also factoring into the high prices. Well, 77 WABC time check, 529. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC early news. We'll be back right after this.